Well, if you'd like to open up your Bible to Isaiah chapter 9. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, using the uh, ESV here. And I'd like to, I'd like to speak to you uh, this morning a, a little bit about Christ as the, the wonderful counselor uh, that he is. And I, my hope is that it might, it might encourage us uh, more uh, to be able to see him in that way and walk with him in that way in a personal way. And Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says for about Christ, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you see there, Wonderful Counselor. And I know in some translations it'll put wonderful, and they're actually they'll insert a comma there, and it could just be that you know, it's saying something like he's wonderful, like that's its own thing, and then counselor is actually a separate thing. And I, I know it has the idea, him being a counselor, uh, the idea there of in a kingdom you would have a counselor that would give you details about how to execute war and uh, bring about the victory, and, and that's that's in, in there as well. But I wanted to look, uh, just kind of uh, overview of the scriptures, just to try to set forth something as Christ being our wonderful counselor, because even even if it is true that wonderful is it is its own category, there uh, we can say about Christ that He is a wonderful counselor. You know, if you, you might just say, if you're more comfortable with it, a marvelous a marvelous counselor. the The idea there in that word, if you look it up, really is to advise or to give counsel. So we see it there. And I'm not saying exactly what all I'll say is necessarily in this phrase here in Isaiah 9, but I think you'll see that it is true throughout, throughout the scriptures. Uh, we do see it in other places. For example, this idea of, of the Lord being a counselor to us. Uh, I'll just read through these. I got a lot of different verses, so it might be kind of hard to follow. So I could always send you my notes, but feel free if you want to, but it might be hard. So... This idea of him being a counselor, uh, Psalm 16, verse 7, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel, or Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. There it is again, counsel, this idea. Isaiah, or Psalm 73, 24, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. And we know if you look at the, the word, like I said, you have this idea of advice, someone who gives counsel. But, you know, you could think about a banker in that way and it really not be that a real personal thing, right? You go in and get counsel from a banker. He's doing his job. He just kind of gives you, gives you what he thinks. You know, he might care about you, but it's not real. We're not thinking intimate there. But when we think about Christ as an, an intimate, uh, as a wonderful counselor, we want to think, the idea of him being very intimate. You want to think about the counsel of a most tender husband uh, with his bride or the counsel of a, a most affectionate mother with her child. The, there's, there's a closeness there. There's, a, there's an intimacy there, an affectionate love. You know, you think of 
2 Corinthians 10 where it talks about the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. You know, this meekness, this gentleness that he has. He's a wonderful counselor in that way. And this subject really is very relevant for all of our lives, you know, because you know, I mean, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom that the life is filled with many different heart troubles, different things that we need a counselor, right, and those things. And the reality is, you know, we don't know what a day may bring. You know, you get one phone call and, you know, a parent dies or a child dies, a spouse could die. Many different things in big ways that we could see sorrow in our life, but also even in the even in the small things, you know, just like you had a good time with the Lord and all of a sudden you're at work, you know, at one o'clock and all of a sudden you're, you're discouraged for some reason. You need a counselor even in that way. So what we're talking about here is something very, uh, very relevant to all of us that we would see him more like that. And I'm taking the angle uh, more in, in the sense that Christ is a counselor in our in our sorrows. I mean, you could... You could, it's very broad, right? You could think about all kinds of different counsels that he could give. But I'm taking it more from the angle this morning about him being a counselor to us in our, in our sorrows, in our heartaches, those kind of things. And we sing in that hymn, you know, I think it's Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, what a help in sorrow. While the billows over me roll, even when my heart is breaking, he my comfort helps my soul. So what I want to do in just the remaining of our time is just look at uh, seven different aspects about Christ being our wonderful counselor. So he's a wonderful counselor to us in that, think about this, that he's, he's constantly with us. You know, if you had a really good counselor and a brother, you know, they can't be with you at all times. You know, they, they got their own life, they got their own family or whatever, but Christ constantly with us you know behold i'm with you always says matthew and we know that looking at revelation that he walks in the midst of the lampstands this christ that's really near to each each one of his people near to near to his bride constantly i mean that's what we're talking about uh that brother uh, octavius winslow you know he said one time that there is no being in the universe so accessible as jesus you know he kind of gave the idea that even a really important man, somebody you would maybe want to have fellowship with or something, that a lot of times there's many barriers to that person. You know, you can't get to him. Like if I want to hang out with the president, like I can't, I can't get to him, right? Uh, but thinking about Christ, though, you know, you for a believer, you know, there's no barrier there. You know, there's constant access. So he's a wonderful counselor in that way in that there, he's with us continually. And it seems like, it seems like the way that the Lord has ordained life too, it seems to magnify this truth that we would know him personally as a counselor because even if even if somebody gets married, I mean the reality is, I mean, you gotta go off to work that day or you gotta sleep, you know. That that man maybe you marry, you know, he's gonna be unconscious, you know, eight hours in the day, and then he's gonna be at work, you know, eight, ten hours in the day as well. And it just seems that you know, the way the Lord orchestrated life is that he would to really help us hone in on this personal aspect of Christ being a wonderful counselor, a wonderful friend. And we're talking about Christ being continually with us. He's not continually with us as some statue would be, you know, continually with you. We're talking about 
the Christ who is uh, very engaging with his people in a constant way. So he's a wonderful counselor in that way. He's also a wonderful counselor in the sense that uh, he knows us intimately. He knows us. You know, that it says in Psalm 139.3 that, you know, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. And I know the NAS kind of says it better there, that you're intimately acquainted with all of my ways. This God knows us through and through, you know, better than we know ourselves, better than our uh, closest friend would know ourselves. I mean, he, he knows us, so he's able to counsel. He's able, I mean, he, I mean, it's good to talk with somebody that sometimes they feel like, you know what, they really get me, you know, talking about Christ. I mean, that's an understatement. Like, he really, you know, he really gets us. He really knows. And in Proverbs 14.10, it says, The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. You know, that phrase, the heart knows its own bitterness. It's like really different pains and different heart things that we have. Uh, somebody can maybe enter in in some measure, you know, we not to take anything away from that. I mean, we can enter in and sympathize and empathize and say we've been there. Uh, but in the, the reality is, though, the depths and the, all the inner workings of the different sorrow that we have, really nobody else really knows that and as far as its depth and the, the degree and really what you feel. But Christ knows that, right? I mean, he knows the depths. He knows how deep it is. He knows the different... You know, every sigh, every frown, every every joy, every pain, uh, every desire. I mean, I think that's why they call him the balm, you know, in Gilead there. That he knows us intimately. He's a wonderful counselor in that way. And, you know, there's that verse in Psalm 56, 8 that says, You have kept count of my tossings, or you might say your wonderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? So, you know, basically saying that the Lord knows every kind of tossing, you know, every kind of wondering, you know, every kind of heart trial. You put my tears in your bottle. You know, I just imagine, you know, Christ, you know, figuratively speaking with a with a bottle, you know, and every uh, every tear that would come down like he's there with that bottle taking, you know, count of it or every tear of the heart, every groan in that way. I mean, he's there and not only. Is he there and knows us intimately, but he also sympathizes with us, right? This, this Christ who sympathizes with us in our, our weaknesses, as says, you know, Hebrews, one with our spirit, you know, there in 1 Corinthians, you know, the, the marriage relationship, you know, one flesh, the two become one flesh, but being joined with the Lord, you know, becomes one spirit with him. That's a, that's a, deeper, a deeper union. I mean, that's our, our wonderful our wonderful counselor here, that he knows us. Also, he's a wonderful counselor to us in the sense that uh, he invites us. So he engages us. He says, come, come to me, right? The famous, the famous verse that we haven't really probably seen all the glory of it. He says, come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden. It's not just for, it's not just for the unbeliever, right? But it's also for the believer. He invites, come to me. There in Song of Solomon, he says, and Christ, really a glorious you know, passage as Christ is pursuing the believer there, that, oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. So he's like engaging and saying, I want to hear from you. I'm, I'm, I want to 
I'm the wonderful counselor. I'm pursuing you. I want to hear about it. And it's a delight to my soul for that. And really every, I mean, really every text in the scripture that talk about come to me, pray, these sorts of things, if you see that the fact that it was the spirit that inspired that, really it's the Lord saying, hey, come to me, pray to me, worship, worship me. So he, so Christ is a wonderful counselor in that way that he invites us, but also he's a wonderful counselor in the sense that he listens to us. You know, you think about somebody that's a really good listener, that's really only a very small fraction of what Christ is to his people. You know, this, this Christ that doesn't slumber or sleep, always, he's never too tired to listen or anything like that, has a constant, constant ear open to his people. Uh, you know, he listens, you know, to the Christian, right? The scripture talk about him inclining his ear to us, him hearing the cries of the poor and the needy. I mean, that's Christ. I mean, he listens. He listens to his people. You know, even when you, you know, even when you may not feel the nearness of the Lord, the reality is, I mean, Christ is right there, right? I mean, just his ears are open to his people. He's near to those who call upon him. Even though you may not feel that nearness, Christ is there. One brother said the one time that he realized that as he was pouring out his soul before the Lord, that he was pouring his soul more out to this very distant person way out there somewhere instead of as it really was, like pouring out his soul next to some, uh, someone who's right next to him, un- unbosoming his soul to that person right there. That's how it is with the Lord. He listens to us. He's a wonderful counselor in the sense that he actually gives counsel. You know, he, he speaks. I mean, he's a living Christ. He's, he's speaking to his, to his people. He speaks, uh, you know, the scripture talks about hear what the Lord will say because the Lord will speak peace to his people. And he, he is speaking and he's able to give the right counsel at the right time, right? I mean, we read in scripture, you know, it talks about in First Thessalonians 5 there, you know, to admonish the idle, to encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, to be patient with them all. It's like a, you know, there's a time to give that correction, right, for the, the, the unruly, the undisciplined. There's a time, though, also to encourage the faint-hearted. They don't need to be corrected in that moment, right? They just need an encouraging word. There's a time as well just when somebody's weak and they just need help. And, and of course, there's always the t- their time there to be patient with them all, right? And we can be imbalanced in this area, right? I mean, in my own life, Looking back, I remember a close relationship that I had that I kind of was correcting almost every, almost every time. And uh, I don't think that was very helpful, you know, because you can say things in such a way that it always comes across like a correcting way. But you can say things, too, to where it's like it is kind of pointing them in the right direction, turning their thoughts away uh, from that wrong thinking, but at the same time saying it in a way that is that is encouraging but we can be imbalancing that, but thinking about Christ as a wonderful counselor, like he's never been imbalanced, right? Perfect, a perfect fulfillment of these verses. He knows exactly what the thing is, what the verse that he needs to encourage you with, what to say. He gives encouragement. You know, how many times, I mean, how many times in your own life maybe you found yourself in some sorrow or some 
you know, some heart thing, even not just a big thing, but just even just in the day to day walk. And then the Lord gives a fresh word, right? I mean, just we should probably write them down. Uh, but I mean, he does do that. I mean, on a day to day basis, really speaks tenderly to his people, you know, as it says in Hosea. So, you know, he's a wonderful counselor in that way that he gives counsel. He speaks peace to his people. And also this, that he's a wonderful counselor in the sense that he is God. I mean, he is all powerful, right? I mean, think about, you know, you think about these worldly uh, counselors and thing, and really they might be able to kind of make something better in some sense in a very superficial way and put a, a Band-Aid over the, over the festering wound. But in the reality, I mean, they really can't help, you know, the deep issues of the soul. But we're talking about Christ as a wonderful counselor that he's, at, I mean, he's able to really help. I mean, he's able to really heal the wounded soul. I mean, it says the Lord is there in Psalm thirty-four, eighteen. the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So he's near to the brokenhearted there. But also it says he saves the crushed in spirit, meaning that he, he lifts that crushed spirit, right? He heals that crushed spirit. He gives fresh grace there. In Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So we're talking about a Christ who heals those deep, those deep things in the soul, right? Maybe sins that even we've done to our own self, you know, deep, deep wounds from those things. Maybe sins we've done to, uh, that have been done against us or different kind of disappointments, different kind of fears, different things like that, that Christ is able to heal in those things. And if in his wisdom and providence he doesn't heal it completely in this life, he uses it for our good and for our sanctification, but he ultimately will bring a complete healing in that way in eternity. So we're talking about Christ, wonderful counsel, able, able to heal. Uh, and he, and another thing here, that he gives us, he gives us joy uh, for sorrow. That scripture says it in that way, that he's a wonderful counselor. That, you know, Psalm ninety-four nineteen, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. You know, like the, the way down heart, you know, his consolation, his promises, his words, he, he really does cheer our own soul with those things. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. There in Jeremiah 31. And Christ said in, in John 16:22, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. I think there's a, a present reality in that in our, in our life, but also... That speaking about ultimately in eternity as well. But I wanted to magnify, though, this Christ as a, a counselor, though, in this life, you know, because, I mean, we have him there, always accessible to ourselves. We get to draw near to him. And just some, just some practical points, some practical points here on this thing. Never, never forget what it costs for Christ to become your counselor, right? I mean, the world kind of looks at it like the Lord, the Lord's always there. He's my counselor. I can always go to him. But, but what did it cost for Christ to become our counselor? I mean, him, you know, him upon the cross, 
you know, bearing the wrath of God. I mean, just crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, there on the tree, you know, dying under the wrath of God. I mean, that was a great cost, you know. So this, the fact that you can go to the Lord as your counselor, I mean, that came at a great price. And he did that. He did that for you, that you would have him in that way. Another practical point here, don't doubt the wonderful counselor's love for you, right? I mean, you have the enemy, you know, the, the accuser of the brethren that, that accuses them day and night so much, so very subtly at times. You're walking around maybe dejected at times, feeling unworthy and all that. But the Lord, I mean, he speaks peace to his people. He, love, he loves his people. I mean, in Song of Solomon, it said 4-7, You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. I mean, that's, I mean, that's talking about who we are in him, this love that he has for us. Another practical point would be to not run too quickly to maybe earthly counselors. Now, the reality is, I mean, some people probably need to run more to earthly counselors, right? There can be things sometimes that we just need to be transparent about. And in, in this message, I'm not in any way seeking to discourage any kind of, you know, getting counsel from the brethren or, or hearing Christ through the brethren, because we know that happens, like Christ counsels us even through other brethren and things like that but there can be a sense sometimes when we can run too much to other brethren or not even think to run to the lord with that thing right there's a there's a matter maybe maybe you're at work or something it's like wow i need to really talk to this brother about that when i get off or something but there's christ right there you know he doesn't you know he doesn't he doesn't say you know i'll see you when you get off or anything like that you know he's right he's right there i mean we can and so many things sometimes you know just going before the lord and pouring out our pouring out our soul before the lord many times we can actually get the word that we needed without even needing to hear it from somebody somebody else you know I sometimes wonder why don't you know I do that more when it talks about in psalm 62:8 pour out your heart before him you know trust in him at all times pour out your heart before him you know, just getting before the Lord and taking 10, 15, you know, 20 minutes and just telling the Lord the whole case about whatever it is, you know, even small or great, different things, maybe all kinds of different anxieties. You'd be embarrassed to maybe tell somebody else that you struggle with that or whatever, but pour it out before, pour it out before the Lord and you'll see he doesn't need to know it. He doesn't need you to do that. You can just say, Lord, help, and there's going to be grace for that, but there is something uh, soothing isn't there and helpful to just pour it all out before the Lord we experience that many times when we talk to a close friend about things and that's of the Lord as well but we do have this aspect as well a personal going before the counselor so pour out your heart before him tell him tell him everything cast your burden upon the Lord he will sustain you and ask him ask him for advice you know like Lord how how would you counsel me in this area you know, Lord, all of a sudden, maybe it's some kind of discouragement, maybe some kind of sorrow for whatever reason. Lord, you know, how would you counsel me? What, what would you say to me about this thing? And we know that the Lord does speak. I mean, we certainly need to, you know, test the spirits. I mean, because the devil can use scripture and that kind of thing. And not every mind, uh, thought that comes to your mind is from the Lord and all that. But yet we do know this aspect too, don't we, that Christ really does respond to those things when we're asking and bringing the verse 
to mind what it is, what, what, and so many times, you know, so, it's just so right on point, you know, with what it is, like, that's exactly what it is, you know, you know, thinking the other, just the other day, you know, just kind of thinking, uh, man, why am I kind of discouraged about this, and, you know, just thinking about the, the verse there, you know, uh, in Psalms, it says, like, the sorrows of those that run after other gods, you know, will multiply, and just realizing, maybe putting too much emphasis on a certain thing, and yet the Lord just brings that brings that to mind and, and gives the help, you know, that you need. That's what it was. So you guys know a thousand different examples there. But also uh, remember this, brethren, that listening and, and speaking to the to the wonderful counselor has great has great rewards. You know, he says even you know there in Psalm eighty one, oh my. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me, right? Then it goes on and says, Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide in prayer. Pour out your soul before the wonderful counselor, and he'll fill you with good things. Honey, honey from the rock, as it says in that scripture, that'll satisfy you really. You know, you think about the rock being Christ, he'll satisfy you with, with more of himself, lead you in the way. And so Christ, we have him as a wonderful counselor. And I guess my encouragement would just be to let's just let's just seek to walk with him. You know, remember that he's our counselor. We can go to him with anything. He speaks. We can pour out the soul. And really so much of the Christian life, it seems, is that way, isn't it? Going to the scripture and pouring out your soul again and again. It may not. I mean, don't let it be just once, you know, once a month. You finally break down, just pour out your soul before the Lord. But if we can find it in the day-to-day basis, you know, talking to the wonderful counselor. And he's engaging. I mean, he's engaging to us. I mean, he's not some distant, he's not some distant Christ. He's pursuing his people. You know, you think about, you really want to seek the Lord, but you think about, I mean, Christ a million times more is in the pursuit of you, you know, on a constant basis, even in discipline, whatever it may be. You know, don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. But we have Christ, Christ is a wonderful counselor. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are, you are a wonderful counselor. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us to just wait to finally be able to speak to you and hear to you in glory, but Lord, you... Lord, you're walking among the lampstands. You're near each each one of us in a personal way. And Lord, I pray you'd just help us. Lord, you'd help me to be able to more and more pour out our soul before you and hear from you and know you more, Lord, as the marvelous counselor, the wonderful counselor. Lord, help us. Even deep deep areas, Lord, that we need counsel, we need healing. Lord, I pray you'd Lord, you'd 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 bring the the healing through your word. You'd help us. Even as we fellowship with one another, Lord, that we'd hear you, Lord, the counselor, coming through them as well. Help us, Lord. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.